0: I took my I blood guess. sugar this morning and it was kind of high. So now I'm I'm trying to behave myself, but then I had these salt and vinegar chips on my desk and I can't just throw them away.
1: No, you can't. Chips and soda are my weakness. Like you can throw a sugar sugar bears in front of me. I know that's not something. You can throw candy in front of me and I'll be like, meh. like Dawn so, walks in front of me all the time, that candy, and I'm like, meh.
0: You know, is 200 a bad fasting glucose? Yeah. You say no.
1: Uh yeah, that's not good. Oh okay. It's high.
0: Yeah, that's where I am. That's my life right now. So I have a diet drink and salt and vinegar chips. You know what we should do? We should put up a booth just randomly in
1: like the mall or something. We should schedule a day and just say, hey everybody, show up here. The nice cold is going to give you all foot massages, and we'll have a, like a chain thing where one person's going to. Pull off their socks and wash their feet. the next one's gonna go over they're gonna pat pat them dry, and then the next one's gonna be massaging that's what cool. we should
0: <laughs> I think if we advertise free erotic foot massages <laughs> there's so I went to a, a the foot zoner um
1: and she was one day she was there massaging massaging my feet and starting to starting to go on it and and she's like yeah there's a there's a spot there's a spot on the foot that will give you an erection if I start rubbing it. And I'm like, I totally don't believe this, but she wouldn't do it. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people around and there's some kids around and it would be really awkward for me and, to all of a sudden get and you're wearing wearing. I still don't believe, believe it. Yeah, no. And I wasn't wearing underwear.
0: It was really weird. No. <laughs> I love it.
2: I'm here in Grace's room on her bed laying down.
0: You sound good, so. Thor.
2: You sound kind of, yeah, boy, you kind of sound, sexy. You sound real good. What are you wearing, Thor? Uh, uh, I'm wearing kind of a casual form-hugging pair of pants here. and uh,
0: She sounds hideous. She's totally <laughs>
2: sounds hideous. She totally sounds hideous. Got some kind of moccasins on my feet, kind of a day-old scraggly beard. Hey, Megan. Hello. Hey there. So how do you and Don know each other?
3: Well, I um, posted in the subreddit cults because I am working on uh, making a foundation to aid people trying to leave cults or they've already left and they need um, help, like support. It was still fairly new, I think, when I did it at the end of March and I was all excited. So I posted it and there was a lot of mixed emotions and reactions. And
1: John's been very very
3: kind. Yeah, he even like I had a freak out moment because someone was like, this is a cult. And I'm like, no. I'm we're not tra- we're
4: trying to help people who are in.
3: Yeah. I'm not trying to make money or anything. I'm trying to help. I understand like, you know, I wasn't ready. I, I thought I was, Don was very kind and reached out and, and we've been, you know, talking here and there ever since.
0: We really appreciate you being, you being willing to talk to us yeah. about this because this is kind of a tough subject for a lot of people, especially if you're really close to, close to the subject, like you are. And so I, I appreciate you putting that out there.
3: Yeah, of course. Thank you. I'm, I'm actually really honored you guys asked. So, um, I enjoy the podcast. I've been listening to it. Um, you guys have such a great rapport together. I um, laugh a lot, actually. Um, so, this is really exciting for me.
0: We do a lot of editing after the fact. You usually don't hear the stuff where we hate each other.
4: Oh, yeah. You edit we're that out.
0: on each other. Oh, like.
4: I think it
3: looks fun. It looks like a basement should look like. Is that a basement or like you say a bunker?
1: Yeah, it's underneath my garage it's actually not really connected to the house there's no entrance into the house at the outside entrance is it one of those
3: world war ii things or not world war ii it was was done
1: after world war ii yeah
3: was it really wow
2: that's cool it's not a bomb shelter though
1: Nathan, when we were cleaning it out, there were some chemicals on one side of it, and we cleaned it completely out, everything in here, and uh, he started
0: to throw up. (laughs) I was sick for (laughs) two days after that. I didn't tell you about that, but I was sick for two days. Yeah, who knows what was in there? All sorts of chemicals. DDT, nerve gas, the same stuff Hitler used. Trying to B. Not big, that, big of
2: B. How are we going to start this thing, guys?
1: The we same we way we always it? do. Half-assed? Yeah, <laughs> half
3: um, That's the only way to do it. <laughs>
0: Welcome to another episode of Mom, I Joined a Cult, the only podcast about cults by an actual cult. Listen as we examine other cults, discuss what they did right and what they did wrong, and then build our own cult from the ground up. And now your hosts, Gunner, Dawn, Thor, and Nathan. So there was a lot of pressure to to lose weight or to maintain a weight.
1: Yeah, Nathan. I'm. Not, you're going into this, and we haven't even given an intro no. yet. What so, are doing, Nathan?
4: I'm just so
0: interested. Oh, wait, it
3: was my fault. I'm sorry. You're I'm just, gonna move the No, now. no,
1: it's not your fault, Megan. It's, it's always Nathan's fault.
0: I'm just That's so different. interested. No, no, go ahead. It is Run
1: quite it. fascinating. Let's do a let's do a little intro for this. Today, we're talking
4: to Megan. Megan's going to tell us about the cult that she grew up in.
3: A uh, Remnant Fellowship. Um, yes, it started when I was 12 um, with Weight On Workshop when Shamblin developed a Bible-based weight loss program where you were to, instead of overeating, you were to wait till your stomach growled, like truly growled, which we all know doesn't always happen, but I digress. And when you ate, you had to cut your half, like your food in half and then save the half for later, or share it with somebody else. And you could only eat that half of food, eat very slow, take sips of water or like a Diet Coke in between. And you could eat whatever you wanted, like you want to pick and choose what you want to eat on the plate. No food was off limits. So that was like the attraction, right? Like you didn't have to do diet food or anything, but you lost weight. I already had food issues anyway, as a kid, you know, my dad and stepmom were weird about food too so it's always been a struggle for me anyway and um you know going through this at 12 and they went encouraged that you go to god to pray you know pray to him to help deliver you from the wanting to eat when you weren't hungry or just like if you wanted to overeat while you're sitting eating you know, pray to god and like praise him for the opportunity to eat food and i mean it was all about focusing you know on god instead of eating or to she applied it to everything so drug addictions. Like I know some people talk about they were addicted to cocaine or other drugs. So they would take that process and use it to fix their marriage. Like my mom quit smoking, you know, using the principles of way down um, when I was 13. So that's kind of how they get you. I was, I guess, lucky ish in the sense that like when, when my mom really like found remnant, um, I was 18. But, you know, and, I think even after that, like someone was like, well, how long were you in remnant? And I, you know, I, I think about a total of four years, like tops, but the, the church started through, um, Gwen Champlain's Bible based weight loss program, weight on workshop. So the indoctrination for me started when I was 12 and that's how remnant came to be. She denounced the, um, Trinity. That was a huge thing. I, I don't understand the Trinity and I really didn't get the hype around it, but it still really makes people mad to this day. So it's clearly a big deal.
1: I think but. that's actually the biggest reason why uh, Mormonism or Latter-day Saints are considered not to be Christian is because they don't believe in the three being one. It's not it's not the real important stuff. So No, no <laughs> like, I know. Uh, that's what <laughs> funny, just makes us different is this little, little thing about what we believe God really is.
3: To me, I was just yeah. like, well, "What's the big deal?" Everybody like so she doesn't say the Trinity exists or whatever. Like, okay, but she did. I don't know if you guys thought she Gwen actually died in a plane crash over Memorial Day weekend, oh, and really? oh yeah, I yeah, 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 she did. Um, and it was her, her second husband, and uh her son-in-law, so her daughter's husband, and two couples that were in leadership and part of the beginning founding the church with Gwen and like. The one couple, David Martin, him and his wife that were on the plane and passed. David's been by Gwen's side since before Remnant. Like he's in all of her wait on workshop videos. So it was a big deal. All of her stuff, like there was things that came out about her that I forgot about. Like she was talking to Larry King about how the Jews were so skinny because I, it was something like she talked about Jews being skinny because they weren't eating as much and it, yeah, no, of course they weren't they were not allowed to eat they weren't given food it wasn't their choice I, they were they were being you know killed <laughs> in the holocaust I, so
0: <laughs> i had a question about that yeah you know, you're you're listening to you know i looked a little bit of, into the way down workshop and i know we'll go into that but were people you know you were people shamed about being overweight or being not the same weight as i mean, she is really when we're talking about gwen shamblin she's really thin and when she went on oprah she was on a bunch of talk shows larry king she's a uh, huge hair but really thin body did she or did the did the culture shame people who weren't of the same weight as her as being lesser than or or something like that
3: oh absolutely In fact, I was just texting with um, a couple right now, their daughters in, well, the husband's ex-wife is married to someone in remnant, so the daughter's de facto in there and she struggles. And I said, you know, they're going in front of leadership like tonight and we don't know why. And I said, well, it could be, she might be being rebuked because she's not losing her weight. My last experience with it, you know, I went back in 2005, you know, pregnant out of wedlock with my oldest son. Well, they, I was admonished because I had gained over 80 pounds. So I had to adopt the, the weight down way of eating, which is cutting your food in half. But in Nashville, the joke was, and it wasn't really a joke, you had to do it, cut your half in half so you're eating a quarter of what you've ordered, either giving the rest away, sharing it with someone else, or saving it for later, and just eating that little bit, and that's it. And you could only eat if your stomach growled. So if you were overweight, you were like putting time out or you were forced to do weigh-ins and uh, do the weigh-down classes until you lost all the weight. It was strictly monitored. So of course, after I had, you know, my oldest son, I was not going through that. I couldn't afford weigh down. I was a single mom living at home, being my mother's nanny to all my siblings. So I just starved myself to lose the weight because I didn't want to be in trouble, especially cause it was my, like, I've been in and out at this point, like two times, this is my at least second time coming back. And I, I felt like I had more to prove this time around because I came back pregnant and the son's dad didn't follow me. So I was like really blacklisted big time.
4: Would you say that it was a cult back then or that it just had really authoritarian tendencies? Well, to looking at it now, like, yes,
3: but when I was in it, that's how I was raised. Like I was just raised to never question and always be obedient to my parents or any kind of adult to me that was normal so i just took it you know (laughs) plus Mm -hmm. being a kid i was like wow this lady's so glamorous with her big hair and you know i don't know i just wanted to do what my mom wanted me to do and i did buy into it a little bit but i think you're really um susceptible to anything as a child anyway
1: obedient that's such a good word yeah
3: (laughs) it's it's used a lot in their vernacular that's obedience huge
4: i think a lot of cults will focus on that over much
3: (laughs) well yeah i mean you got to be obedient and follow line, and you can have thoughts of your own god forbid
0: so was gwen shamblin seen as a like an authority figure in the in the movement
3: oh yeah you you want time facetime with gwen is everything you you want gwen to advise you everyone wanted to sit at her feet and just hear everything she had to say Because you put into practice what she was saying, you know, you'd see the blessings God was blessing you. You know, obviously she knows what she's talking about, what she's doing. God must be speaking through her. So yes, you wanted, you wanted her approval for everything. You wanted anything from her.
1: Did she get off on that?
3: Oh my God! Yeah.
1: Was it? Was she to start glowing when people would stumble like refer to her or?
3: Um, I mean, not all the time. I'll be honest. I mean, I, the last time I spoke with her one-on-one, I didn't really feel like walking away on cloud nine. I kind of walked away a little like dejected, but you wanted that attention from Gwen. And I I do believe she had to have gotten something from it. If she said she didn't, that's a bold faced lie because who doesn't want to be, you know, loved and, and admired and feel important. Like everyone wants that. So
1: Was she overweight before she started this?
3: When she was younger, in her younger years, she would talk about being a potato with toothpick legs. And I always thought that was really funny. But you never saw pictures of her overweight.
0: She was on Oprah. She was on a few things where she and she was really charismatic. And I could totally get why people would listen to her because she I mean, she really had a lot of a lot of strong conviction. Um, and she looked like a success story, like a before. And she was the after. I mean, she said that, but
2: you didn't see a lot of her before photos. Nathan, I really don't think her hair was a success. Okay.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: it was what every woman attained I, I or wanted to attain. I, I promise you that. Like, as soon as you moved to Nashville, you tried to make your hair as big as you could to be like Gwen. And one revelation I had not too long ago was... I was telling, I I filmed a documentary on Remnant um, back earlier this year, and we were talking about how we dressed. We all kind of dressed alike, but like Gwen would say, like they would shop at secondhand, the secondhand store. And so we'd all go there. And then I remember one time my mom, like they had these really cute shoes and my mom bought me, her, myself and her, these shoes and they did not fit my feet. But you best believe I shoved my feet in those shoes because I wanted to be, you know, you want to emulate the person you think is like, you know, got it going on. So, yeah, I, I did. We did anything like everybody, whatever she had, like people would run to go get. And I realized like she wasn't wearing like secondhand stuff. She was like, like she had red bottom lubes. Like, come on now. Like she had to been wearing designer stuff all the time. So what a rip, you know.
4: It's <laughs> usually when, when people think of cults, we think of a male authoritarian role model. Uh, laying down rules and stuff like that but with Gwen Shamblin it seemed like had a a very like fashionistic leadership sense as well would you say that oh yeah
3: we have to look good for Jesus you know
1: because you know I know No, No, he doesn't like like that. That's what he he cares about. He cares what we look like, not what's on the inside.
2: It's what on what's on the outside.
3: Yeah, absolutely, totally, all about
2: the outside. I I have it on good (laughs) authority, guys, that there is a scale next to the gate. Saint Peter has everyone get weighed before he, you know, he sends them in. Oh, I'm screwed.
1: (laughs) What was We um, stopped going to church is because we're getting overweight, and we just stopped going because we knew that.
3: God. Okay, I'll stop. Well, no, no, that's she believed that though. That was her big stance when she started Remnant was all the other churches did not, they were not listening to God and leading for God. They were leading their flocks to hell, and so those churches were she would call them counterfeit churches, because they weren't doing right by their flock. And you know they said, you know, she said the one saved always saved. That doesn't that's not true. You have to work out your salvation every day in fear and trembling, and you're not guaranteed. But if you're here in this church, you're guaranteed your salvation. But don't sin because you'll take the whole church down and you'll take everyone else down with you. So that was very popular term used, I think, probably in every sermon every time she spoke to the church.
1: It has nothing to do with what, what Christ taught. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's a way to maintain control. That's all that it is. There's so much in every religion, every religion, there's so much in there that is not true, unnecessary, because it's just something that someone's using to maintain control over other people.
0: I wanted to know what, you know, I, I looked at some of her videos and she is really uh, charismatic and looks good on camera and she has she's really well-spoken. But what was her rationale for the way down approach? Like, scripturally, you know, what was it, you know, something in, like, what was the scripture that made her, like, gave her the permission or the leeway to have this diet plan?
3: So... That's a really good question, and I don't know scripture exactly, but I do know that she went to college to be a nutritionist. Like she's a registered dietitian, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, look looked
0: good on paper. She has yeah, re- right. the credentials.
3: So she had those credentials, and she just saw a big problem in the United States where everyone was fat, and so they're fat, and they're trying all these bad diets and losing the weight and gaining the weight back. She explains like, and when she was, you know, she struggled with weight issues, and she would eat with her skinny friend and be like you're not eating that whole burger, why don't you want it? And the skinny friend's like, I'm not hungry. And so she's like, you know, really like dove deep into that and then started correlating that with her relationship with God. And that's what I recall. I'm sure there were scriptures used, but it's been so long since I've even done a weight on class, I can't remember. She likened the journey of taking your relationship with food and moving it to a relationship with God, like how the Israelites came out of Egypt, wandered 40 years in the desert, yeah. And, and, um, and, you know, how they first, you know, God delivered them and did all those acts of to show his love and free his people. And then they melted down all their gold and built an idol. And like she's saying, OK, whatever you put in front of God is an idol. Like you're acting like the Israelites did when God delivered them out of Egypt. So why would you turn around and go back and turn your back on God? You need to keep going forward. So she likened that that initial within that first. I think the first and second, the theme was like deliverance out of Egypt, essentially you know, you don't want to be like the Israelites and turn your back on God. He wants to love you. So, you know, lay down your idol of food and turn your heart to God. It gets more intense as it goes on. There's like three levels of it, but that was kind of what she used as a theme within her first installment of Way Down
0: Workshop. So did you start out as a, you know, she, her religion was, it was based on, uh, you know, a Christian ideal, but there was a a certain denomination did you belong to that denomination or did you come about it in a different way
3: yeah actually um well i was baptized catholic as a child and then we became baptists when i moved in with my mom we were baptists we also church hopped a lot i think we went to a nazarene church at one point i hear they like pageants i don't i didn't I didn't connect with the Nazarenes. I really didn't connect with any, but um, we were largely just Baptist. And then once Gwen made her stance on the Trinity, Gwen was kicked out of all churches. So then you just did way down in your homes, not in churches. So then it kind of came became less of being in the church. It became like, you know, doing like Bible studies at home. Essentially, that's what a lot of people just call it Bible studies at home.
2: A lot of the stuff you're saying doesn't seem incredibly revolutionary as far as Christians stuff like that. What made this particular Christian denomination a cult?
3: No, that's a great question because I actually struggled with that for a really long time. Like, was I really in a cult? You know, looking back on it, when my mom first joined Remnant back in 2002 and I moved back in with my mom, I all of a sudden was I had no autonomy. So I couldn't be around people that weren't involved in Remnant. And not that this was the worst thing in the world but i was a really wild child so i couldn't drink or smoke or do i couldn't date anymore and i was like um i'm pretty sure i turned 18 so i can do what i want but we all know how that goes sometimes <laughs> yeah i i had to do i couldn't even leave the home without permission like i had to have a good reason to go anywhere and that there was never a good reason so i always sat at home i had to basically at 18 rely on my mom and stepdad to tell me what to do. I wasn't allowed to make decisions on my own. I wasn't allowed to have my own thoughts or question anything. I just had to accept it and go with it. I think I left shortly the summer of 2002, right after I graduated. Um, going back in 2003, you know, I had tattoos and everything, and I wasn't allowed to. I had to sh- I had to cover them. And I'm I'm a I don't know if, I'm a busty woman too. I I have to I sometimes keep it covered up, but sometimes it's really hard. So like. I had to wear shirts like almost up to my chin all the time. I couldn't you couldn't show any skin, no tattoos, no piercings. So you had to dress pretty uniformly, you know, look like a proper young woman, which what is that even? I guess at the end of the day. I get my second holes pierced and my cartilage pierced for my twentieth birthday and I didn't ask because I was twenty and I got in so much trouble because I, I did it without asking. Hey Hey
4: Gunner.
1: Touched by Ronaldo: Stories from around the world of how Ronaldo has touched each one of us in that special way.
4: Our, our listeners are always encouraged to share experiences that were inspiring to them about Ronaldo.
0: I love it. A lot of people want to know if he's related to someone who's popular, you know, like a, a famous, a famous celebrity, and and we have to say every time that no, he's not related to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, guys, this this letter is from Tabitha from Wisconsin, and uh, she says six years ago I was struggling with work, my boyfriend and depression. My boss told me that I needed a hobby to unwind. After asking around, my mother suggested that I take up cooking. She said that it that is how she won over my father. I started cooking every night for my boyfriend, but he did not like any of the recipes that I was making. I was so frustrated and, um it's bad when you can't read handwriting. There we go. I was so frustrated and burnt out and everyone around could see it. I was walking down the street to take, uh, let's see, I was walking down the street to take, what? There we go. To take some cookbooks to our local second-hand bookstore. When I saw a, a lady quickly jump into her car and drive away as she closed the door, a book fell out uh, without her noticing. A man saw the book fall and tried to flag down the lady with no success. He picked up the book and looked at me. He walked up to me and handed me the book and said, this might have the recipes you are looking for. I looked at the cover that said, 50 Shades of Gray. (laughs) Later on that week, there were grins on every, (laughs) there were grins on everyone's
4: faces, including my boyfriend's. Thanks, Ronaldo.
2: What the heck? <laughs> from Tabitha? I don't
4: know
1: what Tabitha was doing. I don't know what recipes she was getting from that. Well, but, uh,
4: well thank you, Tabitha, for the insight. Apparently,
2: uh, that's a good cookbook, guys. Insight into what? <laughs> I I've read little pieces of Fifty
1: Shades of Grey. It might be the worst book ever written.
0: So we were watching it, my wife and I, and I. We hadn't, we didn't finish the, and I texted, I thought it was my wife and I texted, hey, just go ahead and finish Shades of Grey and tell me how it ends. And I sent it to the vice president of uh, research and development of my company. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, oh my so God, my we, first nightmare.
0: Be careful. <laughs> be careful what you Do. <laughs> <laughs>
3: What age you were, you had to submit to anyone that was older than you. So, my mom, I had to submit to my mom. My mom had to submit to um, the, they weren't leaders in our group in Marion. They were just, you know, my mom or women that my mom felt were like mother figures to her. So, she submitted to them and what they said and listened to them. And you had to do basically what you were told to do. After I had Ben, I wanted to. Get out of the house and like work to earn some money. I had to ask my mom first, and then I had to turn around and go to leadership. Like any any decision had to be there was a chain of commands you had to go to. So like when set up people she trusted to be, help her be leaders in the church, and you had to get permission from them. You couldn't just date. You had to wait for leadership to tell you if you could, and they told you who to date. There was just no. There was no autonomy. There was no, like, I'm just going to go do this. No, you know, I wanted to go to massage school, but I had to make sure that leadership was okay with it. Because was that for the good of the church? Is that going to benefit the church? I I couldn't associate with anyone outside of remnant, you know, all of my time, all of my everything had to be about remnant. And that's the same for everybody. So like my mom held that line in the house, you know, very, um, she was very strict with it to the point, like I would get in trouble for stuff I didn't even do and I couldn't say anything. I just had to accept that punishment and, you know, move on. So that was just like in my household, I can't imagine how it was in other households. You didn't have the freedom to move about how you wanted to in any way, shape or form. A lot with the guilt thing, like if you stepped one toe out of line, say you took that extra bite eating, then you are now essentially causing the whole church to crumble because you weren't obedient. you weren't doing the right thing, you weren't putting God first. Um, there's a lot of like manipulation like that. It's subtle. Sometimes it wasn't so subtle, but there was um you know, that was spoken about quite regularly.
1: Was your mom authoritative like this before she joined oh, yeah. the-
3: it validated it validated that it all? Thing. She was super like she full-blown, like went nuts. I remember before Remnant, there was this article in a church bulletin about give your kids freedom. And I handed it to my mom. I really think this is a good article. Would you please consider? And she blew up and it was bad. Okay. Never again. Like, God forbid. You know, I, I was like, you know how some kids joke, don't ask your mom. Like I would never ask my mom. I never did because I would get in trouble for even asking to go spend the night at someone's house or to go do something. even going to college just so I, I was so afraid to like get to know anyone I went to school with because you know what would I say to them they're going to want me to go do stuff and how do I explain this? It's so hard and that's you know essentially that we'll I'm sure we'll get into that but yeah you you were only allowed to do things associated with the church essentially
4: what what did that approval process look like?
3: I would go to my mom first and say, um, this is what I'm thinking, what do you think? And if she shot it down, then that was, you know, dead in the water, didn't go anywhere. But if she said, okay, let's ask Ted Anger was the one leader we always facto or like went to. She be like, we'll talk to Ted about it. So then I'd have to reach out to Ted, like either find him at church um, and say, hey, I have, I need this, I have this problem. I have this question. Can I talk to you? Do you have time? Um, if he didn't, then he'd refer me to someone else. Like, okay, one good example. Um, ben was a baby. Babies weren't allowed to be babies during church service, as in making noise, being, you know, cute little babies. You had to find a way to keep them quiet. Well, I, I don't know how familiar you guys are with kids, but yeah, there's, it's impossible. You, you can't make kids be quiet no matter what. You just got to let kids be kids. I was told I had to, I had to go to Jennifer Martin, David Martin's wife, and say, what can I do to make Ben behave a baby, behave in, in in service because my mom was making me feel really bad about it because I'd have to like get up and leave and you know take him outside because he was being loud. You couldn't disrupt service at all because you could be taking someone's focus off of God. So um, Jennifer Martin told me to discipline my baby and I tried it one time and felt like the biggest piece of crap. I, I just, I wouldn't do it again. So, I mean, there was a lot of that
0: Is it a spank or admonishment or or what would you, what were you asked to do?
3: She'd say like a little pinch on the thigh, you know, maybe a little, a little swat on the butt. Um, But, you know, newsflash, the little pinch on the thigh made him make it, made it worse. So it worked for her kids. I don't know what my kids, they're not quiet. They're loud. No, I ask my
1: wife to do that stuff to me all the time and she won't.
3: Oh, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) Bad
1: joke, bad joke. The way I'm seeing it, it seems like it's the tattletale, the informant policy where everyone informs to someone else. And so you just have this big chain and everyone is basically looking for what someone else is doing wrong. And so they can report on it. Is that the way it was? Or am I seeing it wrong?
3: no that that was the way it was actually after i left someone caught my brother being inappropriate with his girlfriend and they used leadership i think ted anger as a matter of fact used it against my brother and made him become an informant to like tattle on my family i just found that out i can imagine if it's just in this one family they're doing that like I know they've done it. I've seen where other ex-members have said they have a certain group of people that would gower the internet, like, oh, social media, just making sure people were behaving. I'm not doing anything untoward or anything against remnant or anything that could look bad, which in their eyes, everything looks bad. So, I mean, anything really. I ended up keeping to myself because mom's like, well, hang out with the moms. But the moms didn't have time to hang out because they all had a million kids. It was a lot of younger children or adults. I mean, I I was an adult, but I wasn't a mature adult. I was still a youth.
0: This is based on like the Church of Christ teachings. How far do you think that remnant strayed from Church of Christ, like regular doctrine?
3: I actually am talking to the woman from the Churches of Christ. And honestly, it sounds they both Sound very, there's a lot of similarities for sure, but if I had to really pick cult that it Remnant relates to the most, it would be Scientology with the level of control they exert over everybody and how they treat people who leave. They stalked my family after they left. And- yeah, That's um,
4: what this reminds me of. Yeah,
3: Definitely. yeah. And when when the journalist who introduced me to the people making the documentary reached out to me, I was like, who are you and why are you wanting to know anything? Like, are you a legit like reporter or are you just someone from Remnant trying to bust me? Because I stayed quiet for like over a decade, at least 14, 13, 14 years. And finally, I was like, you know what? I've had enough. I can't keep quiet anymore. I think they. They know me now for sure because I got a drive-by review from a member on my uh, foundations page. And I was like,
4: great. Wow. Yeah.
3: They were like, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. It sounds like they just did some way down and are just like talking about it. And I said, no, no.
0: (laughs) When I look at the website, it says congratulations to our 36 high school and 32 college graduates. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was 36 high schools and 32 <laughs> colleges. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much more pervasive than I thought it was. But they're really touting just these 36 people that graduated from high school and 32 graduates from college. Is that really something this uh, religion concentrated on?
3: When I was in, no. I think they kind of focus more on that after I left. What they do now is they keep certain kids in the public schools And they will homeschool kids who can't handle being in, they are like afraid that they might go off the rails or leave the church if they put out in public schools, but they can recruit a lot of kids. They, you know, the kids can't date people outside of remnant. They can only date other remnant people. I know some of the kids use that as a manipulation tactic to recruit new people. A lot of the kids that I knew as babies, like helped take care of, helped watch are like, those high school graduates and college students now, it's really wild to see how much they've grown and go, I've changed your diaper. <laughs> like, you're, you graduated high school, it's weird. They've been brought up in the message and not all of them were born in it, but they were definitely raised in it. Now they're using those, you know, recruiting tactics to bring more people in. The youth is really grown since I left because all those kids have grown up now.
1: Do they target just overweight people or anyone in particular?
3: anyone they're not picky they do get overweight people because people still do weigh down workshops in fact um not everyone in the church lives in the the brentwood area which is just outside of nashville there are still pockets of remnant churches all over and the one of the prominent families from my group in marion ohio they still contact people from marion and try to pull people in from marion so there's pockets everywhere and they, they do those way down workshop classes to recruit people. You know, they start with the way down and they, if they really do well in way down, then they introduce remnant.
4: Are the members encouraged to donate to the church to give some kind of uh, tithing or concentration money or something?
3: No, and that always, you know, a lot of people ask me that. And I said, no, and, you know, I don't. I can guess where the money came from. I know some some members did like donate. There was a couple from like Minnesota that donated a car. I think someone donated a, an RV maybe, but your time is what they wanted the most of, you know, how are you gonna serve the church? You know, serving the church means you're out of self and you're obeying God. So it was more of the time that they wanted not the money. They never, I don't ever recall a time where they ever asked for money. And my mom never, she doesn't keep her mouth shut about anything. So she never said about giving money at all.
4: So all the church members worked for Way Down and, and the church?
3: Yes. Yeah. Gwen had Way Down Workshop and then she had a, another business called Exodus Industries. A lot of members worked there. Mark Dunn does the video, like the technology. I'm sure he has more help it's not just him but I think he pretty much runs that so I'm sure he's paid. There's a lot of like his wife Tish is a musician, BB like there's like everyone gives something at some point do or they're hired through the church or I they get money by building homes. It she's found a way to make money somehow. It's always baffled me personally because it's never talked about. And you know this is I'm I i do not know if you guys seen a picture of the church but being in that building every day it was elaborate. It was a beautiful building. The the weddings I mean everything was so lavish but no money was never talked
0: about and this seems like that Learjet that they crashed in was theirs
3: yes it was like yeah. they,
0: they had money they weren't hurting for cash
3: Gwen's ex husband was um, worked in finance they lived I don't know if you like if you do Google Earth if you look up Ashland in the Brent, Brentwood Tennessee that's her well was her home and that's a huge sprawling chunk of land in a plant no plantation home
0: i can't get over gwen's accent that tennessee southern tennessee accent or yeah or uh maybe it's texan but that's so strong her big hair i couldn't get over that It's like i watched maybe four or five videos of her and i couldn't keep her eyes keep my eyes off of her hair
3: <laughs> it got bigger. amazing yeah, yeah it's i know that's why i always joke i'm you know, interviewing for the documentary, I was like, if you guys find out how she gets her hair that big and it stays that big, like you've got to tell me. But my joke is that she's the Christian Gretchen Wieners, you know, her hair is so big because she stores all the secrets there. My mom said it was a lot of hairspray. And I'm like, I just don't, something, the math isn't there. Like make it make sense. Like.
2: <laughs> so now that basically the head of the church is gone, where do you see the the church going. Do you think things are going to change? Is it going to fall apart completely? Is it going to be able to go on in its original form, or is it going to have to change?
3: So as of right now, it is still going on. I know a lot of people thought that because Gwen has passed that it was going to end, and I'm like, well, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I mean, it has been around for almost 20 years. So she was smart in that she groomed her daughter to take over for her. I don't know about her son so much, although. I've been told through ex-members, like it's kind of, we have like a little bit of a grapevine going on that Michael does speak, but it's more of Elizabeth actually speaking. In fact, I actually have a text from a young lady who, that wants to leave, but obviously can't. I'm working with her parents to keep her morale up until something happens. She said, Elizabeth said she doesn't want to fill her mom's shoes, but she's doing what God wants for her to do. I was surprised when she was like, "I'm taking over" because she doesn't seem the type. She's very meek and mild. Always stood in the background, so only time will tell at this point. It could get worse. I don't know. Usually, doesn't it historically get worse after the main leader dies.
4: Marshall Applewhite and uh, he- Heaven's Gate. That <laughs> when the first when the lady leader left, they well, they they all they all joined the away team. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Cause she lost her mom and her husband all in one in one swoop. I can't even talk about losing my husband without just, I can't cause I'll start crying. So I'm not going to, um, <laughs> I couldn't imagine like having to carry on with that weight of grieving. Cause you know, you don't, you don't grieve. You essentially can't really feel any emotion other than absolute elation and joy.
0: What was the exit like from uh, Remnant? Was it like they disfellowshipped you, they wouldn't talk with you, or they tried to get you back, or what was that process?
3: It was all of it, all of those things. They didn't want you to leave, but if you left, you were shunned. You no one, you, you basically stopped existing. When I left, they told people that I left for a, a boy, which I didn't. It did definitely looked that way though, because my dumbass um, turned around and, and married the first guy that was like, "I love you," and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> let's get married." <laughs>
4: Tell us what, what made you decide to leave? What caused to doubt?
3: Well, I was determined to really make this work for not just myself, but my son. So it was just those little things over time, like going to Jennifer Martin and like, well, how do I make my baby be quiet? And that was her response. And it didn't work. And, you know, just going, I just don't feel like this is right. And I can't question because I'm here. To do the right thing i want to be a good mom for my son and give my son a good life so you know i swallowed a lot my home life was terrible i was secluded from everybody and i was expected to do everything take the kids to their doctor's appointments make the kids doctor's appointments like grocery shop like everything and i was 21 at the time you know 20 well i turned 22 you know with a brand new baby and my baby brother and trying to do all this and it was hard, you know. And my mom wasn't showing me what to do; she was just like, figure it out. Like, okay. So it was a lot of that. But then my my little sisters, God bless their hearts, would try to help, and they would do stuff that would make my mom mad, and I would have to take the blame for it. So it, was, it just got to the point where the final boil over tipping point, besides you know having to submit to every whim and wish that anyone ever, it was just exhausting and. It was a wednesday night and my sisters packed my brother's diaper bag and um, he was over a year old at this point and i was trying to transition him off bottles but everyone still gave him bottles so during the day i'd have him on sippy cups but at night it would be right back to bottles i had to start it all over again every day and but i was getting yelled at for it and i'm like i am doing this so one of my sisters packed a bottle in the diaper bag and my mom saw it and she held her tongue until the next day and started screaming at me in the kitchen about it. And I was like, I didn't do that. And just that simple statement set her off worse. And she goes, you know, how dare you speak to me that way in this house? I won't allow it. You're so disobedient. You, you know, horrible, per- you know, just, you know, ev- anything and everything she could say horribly about me, she did. She goes, go get was your you? cell phone. I was 22 at this point. Yeah. So. I'm getting yelled at over just saying I didn't do it, you know, and I'm just like, this, this has been my whole life up to this point. I'm just like, I, I didn't do it. I'm not, I I can't take this anymore. So I go upstairs to get my cell phone and then I, I got halfway up the stairs and I was like, you know what? I'm not, I said, no, I'm not giving you my cell phone. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. I unleashed the fury. <laughs> um, my mom chased me upstairs and um, she started um hitting and kicking and scratching me to get the cell phone away from me. And um, finally, I just let it go because, you know, getting this chip beat out of me is not worth it. It's just a cell phone. Um, I contacted a friend uh, back in Ohio and I was like, I don't know what just happened, but I am just terrified. I don't know what to do. And she goes, um, that's assault. <laughs> what, no, I had it coming, I was bad. And she's like, no, 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 that, that was bad. Like that shouldn't have happened. Um, so I don't remember who ended up calling the cops, but the cops were called what was bad about that was the whole neighborhood everyone's around living around us was in remnant so my mom was alerted and she came home and thank god they were home because i don't know what would have happened to me um if they weren't there but they told her you stole her cell phone give it back <laughs> i was like thank god you know and then i was sitting on the stairs like they took pictures of my face and everything and all my injuries. And they're like, do you want to press charges? And I said, no, I just want to get out of here. Can I, can I get out of here? I couldn't take one more moment of her holding my son and saying, you know, you're an unfit mother just because I didn't do what she told me to do. Like it didn't correlate. And I was tired of it. He said, well, of course you can take your son, you can take your car and whatever you can fit in it and go. And I said, really? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, how old are you? And I said, 22. And he's like, I don't understand. I said, don't make me explain it. I can't. I I don't. You know, because you also weren't allowed to speak. You were told if you spoke ill of Remnant, you would be, you know, struck down. You'd be cursed, disfavored, whatever. And so I was like, just don't ask. I I don't, I don't know what to say. And but I said, can you guys stay here until I can get my car packed up? Um. And they they said they would, and I did. And I know my mom made me talk to Ted Anger on the phone to try and convince me not to go. And I'm like how am I going to say like, what is the solution to this? None of this is okay. And another leader drove over and was trying to stop me from leaving. And I'm like, I have to go, like, I can't stay here. This is nuts. I'm not happy here. This isn't right. I just can't, I'm not going to stay and find out what the punishment is. That's for dang sure. So I got into my car that night and drove through the night back to Ohio with nowhere to go. That was terrible, but obviously I've done better. It took a long time to,
0: yeah. even
3: through all the healing, it's still, it hurt, you know?
0: That's um, amazingly brave. I mean, it you is. didn't have a safety net to fall back on. And I really admire that.
3: Thank you. Yeah, it was scary as hell. Probably, I mean, they don't really set you up to have a support system. You know, they, it's like an abusive relationship. They cut you off from everybody. So I mean, shit, (laughs) what am I going to do now?
4: How did you get by after leaving?
3: Well, I had credit cards. (laughs) So (laughs) I uh, racked up a lot of credit card debt and um, managed to find a job. And like I said, you know, about a month out of there, I met a guy uh, through a friend. Actually I met my now husband and my ex-husband literally within a week through the same person, went with my ex-husband because he was more vocal about how wonderful and how much he loved me and everything. And he was, he promised me everything I wanted, which was was a family, a stability. And that was a lie, (laughs) now I was just in one horrible mess. And because of all that indoctrination, I stayed longer than I should
1: have. While he was reading your story, didn't seem like you were there because of the religion or because of the way down. It seemed like you were there mostly because you had nowhere else to go, and this was what you're like. Felt like I guess I just have to do this because I don't have any support. I don't have. Am I reading that wrong, or were you were you bought in on way down a hundred percent?
4: Um,
3: I don't think I was ever fully all in. I, I maybe the last time there was a point that I was, but it was lost really quickly because I could, I'm just not, I don't know. I don't know how to, it's, it's kind of fascinating really being raised to being stripped of my, my autonomy and not being able to have an original thought or opinion or anything that I was still able to vocalize it or see, you know, be able to see through something. So no, I, I still even still don't describe or subscribe to religion. I have a hard time connecting to it. I support people who, are about it, you know, if that's, if that's what makes you feel better and and make your life better then go for it. But I, I could never connect to it in that way. It just never made sense to me. And I mean, I, I, the practices worked, like I lost all my weight, but it wasn't always necessarily because I cut my half and half and, you know, or whatever it was because I just essentially starved myself. So I didn't get disciplined for being fat, which is not sustainable in the long run at all.
4: What would you say to people who are in that situation, even in that church, who are looking for a way out to help them maybe find the courage to make that step.
3: So not just Remnant, I'm sure every organization like it likes to say that you're going to be cursed if you leave, your life's going to be terrible, God's going to turn his back on you. And I would love to say that that's not true at all. I think I live a very blessed and wonderful life. And um, I don't think I'm cursed at all. Um, Life just sucks, you know, no matter if, you know, if you're super dedicated to your relationship with God or or if you're an absolute heathen, like it doesn't matter. Life sucks and it's going to hit you no matter what. So that's not something if you can work through giving up that thought or working through that thought and telling yourself it's not that's not real, then please do. But there is life outside of it and it's not okay for how they're treating you at all. You are worthy and you are a wonderful person and you are doing things right. You're just doing
0: it for the wrong person. I love that message. Looking back on your experience and you may be too close to it. I, I, I don't know what you, where you are in your journey, but is there anything positive that you could glean from your experience in the religion?
3: i grew up in like the late 90s early aughts so i don't know if you guys remember club attire back in the day um that was my choice of wardrobe which isn't bad but you know i didn't know how to i guess present myself and so remnant did kind of like give me it was like finishing school in a way you know they taught me how to do my hair do my makeup and present myself in the best light be a lady be respectful not be a you know a thought which is what I was. You know, I was kind of a hoe. So um, they taught me how to carry myself better, which I do appreciate. Like I did take that from it. That would be the only thing that I would take from it. I mean, they're really, they have outward appearance down pat. Like they know how to present that good front. So I, like I said, thankful for that. (laughs) Everything else can go in the trash.
4: Something stood out to me from my own experience as being the same. My sin or what you know, the leader interpreted as sin, as my weakness, my disobedience destroys the church, gives Lucifer power, right? They have the same playbook, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah, for sure. You're
4: cursed if, you're, if you leave. There's a repressive male-centric family value system in place. Church members always watch for and report the mistakes of other people. And uh, children must be seen and not heard or else, you know, they should be harshly disciplined.
3: Um, if you guys are super even more curious, look up Joseph and Sonia Smith. It was a family or a husband and wife. They were in Atlanta currently serving life in prison because they murdered their child and Remnant oh, wow. still purports that they're innocent. But I, we all believed what they said, you know, we weren't allowed to look up media outside of, you know, we just had to take Gwen's word for it. So we i remember we were going to uh vacation spring break down to jacksonville florida and we stopped to they were out on bail i think at this point it wasn't they weren't convicted yet um we ate dinner with them and we like encouraging them and praising them and listening to them tell us stories about how they were converting so many people you know in jail or whatever and just looking looking back on that and like reading the wiki page like just kind of like diving into it just makes me want to vomit and I hate that they support that couple. Hate it, they murdered their child.
1: When I was reading your excerpt, it was clear to me, I'm gonna talk like I know everything, but it was, it was clear to me that it was your childhood and how you were raised that got you to this point. It was clear to me that you were not given what you needed in any sort of way. And when you're writing it, it feels like you're kind of throwing that out a little bit. You, you, you touch on it, you say some things and then you give excuses and say, well, maybe they're trying the hardest. I understand people try their hardest and they fail. I, but it's an epic fail. I'm not, I'm going to say that was an epic fail. And I'm, I'm surprised at how that you were able to get out, that you have it in you to, to do that. Not just because of all the things that happened to you when you were a kid. The words and the way that you're treated mean so much there's there wasn't a support everything was a put down and i mean reading that i'm like oh i need to be different towards my kid i mean i, I try but now i need to even try harder to be better and say say good things so thank you for <laughs> for putting that out because it helps me in that way so that i can i can be better but i i don't think you should discount that as uh, that's that's the biggest Thing. the other thing is your friends the friends that you got um while you were out that's i mean beyond besides family you don't have friends that that are there that to support you and and i had friends like that my my first group of friends clear Pantella was 13 were all like that they were all bastards and assholes they were just self-serving they didn't care about me and then i met a group of friends. I moved and I met a group of friends and it was all, how, how can we help you? Oh, you, you want this goal? You have this goal? Sure. We'll all, maybe we don't believe it, but we'll we'll move out of the way. We'll help you achieve it. We'll work towards it with you. I'd never had that before. I never had friends that, that were there for me and it changed my outlook to where I tried to do the same thing. I, I know that if I didn't have that, I would be doing really bad right now in life. Those were the two things that I see in your past, not really having a true group of people that you can actually rely on and that are there to actually support you and not tell you, you're overweight. You just need to stop eating. You're just doing this because you're trying to be, uh, you're just trying to get all this attention in the world as if attention is bad anyway. It's okay to be seen.
3: still scary though. (laughs) We're we're, we're really proud of
0: you. We're proud of you, Megan. <laughs> we and that was a, that, yeah. that was a tough thing to get out of and a tough situation to live through, especially with the social yeah. pressure from your family, your friends to stay in. That's big. That's that's a, that's huge. So good job on that.
2: Thank you. Amen. Do you have a, any kind of better relationship with your mom and family now, or is it still really bad?
3: Um, it's manageable. I have gotten better dealing with my mom. I kind of keep her at arm's length. I I love her, but she's a lot. (laughs) Um, I think that's putting it very kindly. My siblings, I'm closest with my brother, my older brother. Uh, My one sister doesn't speak to me at all. So I'm the oldest of five kids. So I have a brother, two sisters and a baby brother who is 20, there's 20 years difference between us. So he's like my child, my younger two are like children to me because I helped raise them my dad and stepmom, we're not speaking and we haven't spoke since my birthday in February and I don't know why. And I decided that that is okay. I'm good because I don't need that in my life anymore and I'm really tired of trying to fit their mold with how they think I should be. And I, I'm just, they're clearly unhappy in their lives and I don't have time for that either. I love my life. I mean. Does it suck sometimes? Like, yeah, but even when it sucks, it's still like hella good. I have a roof over my head. I have a great job. And I have even though kids are kids, I still love them to death. And I they, they bring me a lot of joy. And so does my husband too. But I have a damn good life even on the, the worst days. So I just don't need that in my life anymore. And I hate that for my kids because, you know, they are good they're they're decent grandparents, like my dad and stepmom too, my boys, but That doesn't mean I have to take their shit and I won't anymore.
2: The good, the bad, and the culty. And now we discuss what this week's cult did right and where they went wrong. I I think that the uh, tying weight loss to religion was a stroke of genius.
1: No Thor, that's what? <laughs> that's that's, bad. that's <laughs> bad. You cannot
2: put. That no,
3: in the good. no, he has a point. It's good. It's good. No, he's that's it. Gets people in, right?
2: I think it, it does. was it got people in, and I, I, yeah, not that I completely agree with it, but yeah, I just I think it's brilliant.
0: You know, marketing wise. Everyone wants to, I mean, if you look at weight loss, any magazine that says lose 10 to 30 pounds, sells better. And so, you know that everyone wants to lose weight and it's a marketing ploy that wins every time. And so-
4: You don't even actually have to lose weight. You just have to claim that it loses weight or that you can lose weight.
2: the, The church was very beautiful. I mean, from what we've seen, it has a great looking building and on the inside, it looks nice, too. It's always nice to have a nice church.
0: How about the bad? I
2: don't think
1: there's anything bad in this call. (laughs) What? No, it's all good. No, okay. Um, I don't like the informant thing. I don't like that you make everyone into an informant. It turns it into a fear-based thing rather than, oh, you know what? I want to do this. I think it'll be better
2: for me. The authoritarianism is just a little bit too much. When you, when you have to clear everything through a, a leader, that just makes life hard. It does. And right. it's just not good.
4: Also, blaming the members' sins for the incompetency of the church or saying that if you sin, you'll destroy the church, that's that's unfair. It
0: that puts so much weight on the person who sins, quote-unquote, everything's on their shoulders. So that can give a, a total guilt complex.
1: Also, using lightning storms and thunderstorms against everyone. I read When I read that, I was like, I love lightning and thunderstorms. They're
2: so cool. <laughs> like,
1: it's wild. Somebody must have done something right to get the thunderstorm. Megan, do you have any bad?
3: I actually agree with the bad. What is it Michael Scott says he'd rather be feared than loved or he's afraid of how much people love him uh, like that's so bass backwards yeah. but that's I mean obviously people will get in line quicker with fear and that's really not what you want you'd rather be loved you'd rather be people be afraid of how much they love you right so
0: yeah. <laughs> I love that you that you brought Michael Scott into the yeah. great.
3: I joke I'm uh I'm the Michael Scott at my job like I'm not but I just, he just tickles me so much. Him and Leslie know just get me. Uh.
2: Building a cult. And now we take from what we learned this week and build our own cult. One belief at a time. What should we take on board from this? The only thing I can see is a cult approved weight loss program, Nathan. Uh, you know.
1: Thor, <laughs> I'm against that.
4: Right. <laughs> and let me let me reiterate so that you don't have to edit it funny. That all you have to do to lose weight is join the nice cult, exercise daily, and eat the right diet. Lucy, we'll
1: was there anything that you thought we should bring on, Megan?
3: Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what I mean, what your end goal is with everything. You want it to be nice, maybe etiquette. Like if that's your gig, they celebrated Jewish holidays, so that's you guys cool. could adopt that.
0: What's a what's a good hol- What was your favorite?
3: My favorite, uh, Feast of of Harvest, because that's when I had Ben during that week. So that was my favorite, it was always in
0: October. That is something we can bring on.
1: There you go. Totally, Feast of Harvest. And if you have a child on the Feast of Harvest, you get extra blessings from Ronaldo.
0: Yay! (laughs) What was the date? What's the date of the Feast of Harvest?
3: Well, Ben was born October 14th, so it's usually during that week, or I'm not sure if it moves or not, but that year it was on that week. He was born on a Friday.
0: That sounds like a great time to have a kid.
1: Yeah. yeah. Actually, <laughs> I don't bad, know. Then.
0: It sounded horrible. Like they're
1: making it so you don't eat. They're worried about your weight while you're pregnant. Oh, that, yeah. I don't there, understand that.
3: There was a fast like part of feast of harvest was fasting. There was a fast and they expected me to do it and I did it. But I remember we had to wait. We couldn't eat till sundown and I was so hungry. And I remember mom and I were at Chick-fil-A because there was no Chick-fil-A in Ohio, then we could only get it in like Nashville. And we were sitting there waiting for the sun to go down so she could buy me nuggets so I could
1: eat. Let's bring chicken nuggets in.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Chicken, everyone loves only nuggets. Eat chicken nuggets after sundown.
3: Perfect. After sundown. <laughs> on the 14th. On the four October 14th, at at sundown, eat Chick-fil-A nuggets.
0: Megan, you've changed our uh our dogma, our religion. We have a new belief.
4: That's so so congratulations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey. We hope you had fun with us as we explored this week's cold. Join our adventure next week as we continue to build our cold one belief at a time. Until then, if you're going to join a cold,
2: join the nice cold. <laughs>